Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People applying Rotary's motto of service above self. And today our special guest is Shane Hobel, founder of the Mountain Scout Survival School. And we'll be discussing survival skills that have been lost over the centuries. Well, good morning. Good morning, Shane Hobel. And tell us, what is the Mountain Scout Survival School? Well, great to be here. Uh, Mountain Scout Survival School is simply a resource for our primitive skills. Simply, we have the ancestral right to know these skills. You know, we take our children to the museums of natural history and we show them these skills, but from behind glass. And that's pretty much where the education stops. So we are removing the glass, per se. Well, what huh. kind of skills are we spe- specifically talking about? Well, uh, if I put it in a basic categories for you, uh, it would be known as the seven arrows. Shelter, water, fire, food, tracking, awareness, and movement. All right, let's so, take them so, one at a time. Yeah. yeah, so you're out in the woods, and you have these seven feathers, did you call them? Seven arrows. It's seven a, arrows. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's some Indian, uh, Native American, Indian references. Yeah, well, these are all native. I would say native to the planet. You know, before any of us has all this wonderful technology, uh, thank goodness for our ancestors. I give great thanks to them. If it wasn't for them holding these skills so dear, we wouldn't be here today. All right, so we have seven points of view, seven survival skill categories. You mm-hmm. call them arrows. The first one being shelter. Shelter. Was it? All right. Right. What do you mean? What kind of shelter are we talking about? Well, you know, all of these skills uh, transform from the bush, from out in the wilderness, also mm-hmm. into urban environments. We have a lot of disasters in this country. Right. Um, so all of these principles go across the board. Shelter being the first, and that is simply, can I make a shelter that would get myself and maybe a few other people out right. of harm's way, the elements, etc. Uh, the elements. And being insulating, so getting us warm without a fire, if need be. Oh, just from materials available at hand. Absolutely. And again, that's where the awareness comes in. How, right. What am I capable of? What do I truly know? And what is available? So let's let's talk about building a shelter in 30 seconds or less. What would you tell people well, to look for? Well, give us an example sure. if we were in a disaster situation. Absolutely. Well, let's, pick a disaster. Well, let's just go with a common. A lot of missing hikers. And they're stranded right. out there, and they have very, very little to work with. Usually, they run out of water. So one of the quick shelters to make would, would be known as a debris hut. And this is simply making the shelter out of the forest debris. Making a ridge pole, some ribs, very, very low and small. It's kind of like that of a, uh, well, ribs and leaves in this form of a sleeping bag. It's very, very small. The idea is dead air space. You want right. to trap insulated space. And by doing this and keeping those principles at hand, I remember tearing apart my parents' living room and making little forts out of the cushions and <laughs> things. But the principle remains the same. It's small, it's low, and using your own body heat to generate the heat your inside the Your body heat radiates up and then radiates back down. Since it's so small, it doesn't really go up anywhere. It stays, it stays near contained. you. stays contained. And in a, in a winter environment, I know that uh, when I was active in Boy Scouts and my son came an Eagle Scout, we, we showed the boys how to build uh, snow shelters, you know, co- with compacted snow. So, if, uh, Absolutely. God forbid they were lost on a, a winter hike or a sudden snow squall hit them, they would, you know, be safe for the uh, for the evening. It, the Eskimos build homes out of uh, they snow do. and ice. That is igloos, the, I believe they're right. called, aren't they? Yes, yeah, snow so, domes and igloos. So I want to jump ahead a little bit and just ask Shane, 
Um, so do you help recover lost hikers? Is uh, that part of your mission? Uh, it is. You know, outside of Mountain Scout Survival School, um, I'm one of five in the U.S. that belongs to the National Tracker Search and Forensic Investigation Team. That sounds very official. Uh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, well, how do you become a member of that? You must be have, have to have high, highly credentialed or high survival abilities. Well, not only the survival abilities. The difference between this team and any other team is that we are all pretty adept in the world of survival. Um, our idea is to, once we hit trail, we don't want to come out because it's dark. Mm-hmm. We don't want to go to the hotel and wait for the next morning. We are able to go out into the bush and be there indefinitely until we find this individual. Um, and the person who heads this up is the famous Tom Brown Jr. from the world-famous tracker school down in Jersey. This is his team. He has trained all of us, and now we've moved up into the position. We've had our tryouts, many, mm-hmm. many people, and uh, I'm very fortunate, very, very humbled and f- thankful to be a part of this team. And how many people have uh, you and your group of seven found and saved? Well, um, we've been on a couple of cases. I've been the most active mm-hmm. only because of the demographics. I live here in the Hudson Valley, right. our north of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So the population is tremendous. So the statistics go up. Um, right. So, uh, well, who calls you? Uh, well, Did the uh, law enforcement people call you in? They're starting to get uh, clued in to Tracker SFI, and they're starting to realize what an invaluable resource this is. Search and rescue teams, EMS personnel. Um, locally, I have had the Fishkill and the Beacon Police contact me. I was on the moose case, uh-huh. <laughs> the moose that ran through Beacon and Fishkill. Well, you know, uh, we have a moose here, Bullwinkle. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. So, and you know we're in Beacon, Fishkill. It's yes. always a big debate. Where That's this right. studio actually sits. Actually, anyway. my side of the studio is speaking. Your side is fishing. Oh, yeah, see, he drew the line. All right, you're ear witness right oh, yeah. here. And he drew a line in the, the middle sand. is Shane so, Hobel, yes. of the uh, founder of the Mountain Scout Survival uh, School. Uh, school, I should say. Uh, what made you decide to start a school for survival skills? And we'll get to the other six skills at some point in yeah. the next half hour. But what made you s- decide to start the school? Well, you know. Uh, my whole life, I grew up in the woods. I grew up in Putnam Valley, so I was a country boy. Uh-huh. Uh, I loved. I pretty well, much. Well, it's not the country anymore, is it? Uh, yeah, it's the development country, it's, it's, is what it's it is. Yeah. Certainly crept right up. It has. Um, it was a wonderful childhood, uh-huh. and it would never change anything of it. There was a lot of uh, local people there that were there since the dawn of time, and uh-huh. just uh-huh. working with them. Some naturalists that were there. Uh, my grandfather showed me a few things. My mother was very in tuned with this sort of thing, and ever since I was a child. I wandered into the woods. Eventually, in sixth grade, I read The Tracker by Tom mm-hmm. Brown Jr., and that's when I went, oh, okay. Uh-huh. This is pretty interesting. So we, we were talking about the uh, seven arrows, the seven survival skills that you teach at the Mountain Scout Survival School. Mm-hmm. What is that second one? We've talked about shelter. What's the second one now? Water. All right. Now, w- we have a lot of water in the Hudson Valley, but the, the key, of course, is to remember that not all of it is potable, not all, all of it's right. drinkable. So how do we discover what's not going to make us sick? Well, with water, I mean, you stake your life on your water source, plain and simple. There are two things to deal with it, location and purification. Because, you know, we, we can survive days without food or Somebody like me who carries a little bit spare around the middle can survive weeks, but we can't survive more than a couple of uh, days without water, right? It's the three threes, if you will. It's Tell us what that is. Sure. Three minutes without air, three days without water, three weeks without food. Mm. Well, that's interesting. I'll have to remember that one. Yeah, me too. So how do we just determine which is good water and which is the bad water that'll make us sick? Well, you know, with any of these skills, uh, there's a little thing called dirt time. Mm-hmm. And that means right. uh, we get out there, okay, we learn the theory and the concept and the principles of these skills, but how well do you actually know these skills? 
you don't know them until you actually get out there and you make a debris hut. You make a solar still and you extract the water from the air through evaporation, condensation. How do you do that? Uh, uh, well, one of the easiest tricks to do is uh, if you are going out into woods, you have made a conscious decision to do so. You're packing your bag. Uh, throw a couple of garbage bags in the bottom of your bag. They don't take up a lot of room. Plastic garbage they're bags. Not Plastic garbage they're bags. not heavy. They're not heavy at all. And they're wonderful. They're makeshift ponchos. I can cut them open, drape them over my shelter. Now mm-hmm. I know it's waterproof. I can mm-hmm. lay it on the ground, throw leaves on top of it, lay on top of it and protect myself from the dew rising in the morning. Mm-hmm. A solar still is simply digging a little hole in the ground, not any bigger than the size of the garbage bag, put a container in the middle of the hole, drape the garbage bag over the hole, take the dirt that you use to dig out, and then sprinkle it around the edge of the garbage to bag. To kind of seal the hole. Seal that hole. You want to have a complete environment inside. I tend to push down in the middle of that garbage bag just a little bit, maybe taking a little stone that's maybe smaller than okay size, if you were uh-huh. to do that with your hands. And place it down in the center there, and then you just wait. And evaporation in overnight, which is, ends up being dew in the morning, evaporation of water, vapor leaves, it gets trapped in the bottom of the plastic, has no place to go, collects in the form of condensation, and it runs down to the lowest point drops into your little cup. And that's that drinkable is, water. It is absolutely drinkable water. That is water. Because brilliant. Because it's come from the ground. True. Now, you may have to filter it. You don't know what other little creepy and crawlies have gone in there. So there's so. a bug or two. Yeah, well, bring a bandana. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's absolutely brilliant, that's brilliant. in its simplicity. Um, now, you've, you've told us two skills, but if people are interested in, in meeting you in person and, and taking your courses Course. at the... Mountain Scout Survival School, how would they get in touch with you? Well, the best way is check online. Um, and, and give us that information. Sure. It's MTN, Mountain Scout Survival.com. One more time. MTN Scout Survival.com. And before we go completely to the break and the little time we have left, are there any uh, age requirements or do you have any previous training? None whatsoever. None. Okay. We have a huge clientele from children to corporate America. Wow. Mm-hmm. And folks at home, be sure to write uh, down that uh, that website because this sounds like a fascinating school to attend and uh, or get a pencil and paper. We will repeat it in the second half of the program. But first, let me remind our listeners, they're in tune with Radio Rotary on Hudson Valley Talk Radio and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at www.radiorotary.org. My name is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is the lovely Sarah O'Connell. And our very special guest is Shane Hobell, founder of the Mountain Scout Survival School. And tell us, Sarah, who lets Radio Rotary survive every week? Radio Rotary is sponsored by Rotary International, Rotary District 7210, and the clubs of Poughkeepsie, Arlington, Brewster, Cairo, Congress Valley Cottage, Fishkill, Goshen, Highland, Hyde Park, Kingston, and Kingston Sunrise. And we'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits, just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at Rotary.org. Rotary. Humanity in Motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Jettleson, Giordano, and Siegel. CPAPC is a full-service accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. JGS specializes in business succession planning, including ownership transition, management transition, as well as family and non-family transitions. The JGS staff works alongside you to solve the problems of your specific business or personal situation. JGS is conveniently located on Route 
Route 211 in Middletown, New York. To learn more, please contact JGS at 845-692-9500 or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business. What would you do if a friend, coworker, or a loved one collapsed? Calling 911 alone will not be enough. Over 1,000 people a day die from sudden cardiac arrest. Many can be saved with early intervention. HealthSave offers CPR courses on a daily basis at our facility in Rockland County. We'll come to your home or business if you prefer. Call us toll-free at 877-277-6233. That's 877-277-6233. Or visit our website website at healthsave.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-S-A-V.com. Leave the E off of save for emergencies. CPR training is for everyone. Learn CPR. Become a lifesaver. Hudson Valley Talk Radio. Welcome back to the second half of this very special edition of Radio Rotary. I'm Sarah O'Connell, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Jonah Dreebwasser, which, when he can pull himself together, will get on the air, I'm well, sure. You know, and we're talking Jay to... is the only man in radio who was capable of uh, cracking me up. Jay Verzi surprises us out of with, the with air. these music uh, selections. But we he's, have a terrific he's genius. guest. He's genius, Shane. Our <laughs> guest is, guest. Um, uh, today, we are really enjoying this. This, this, this could be an episodic... Uh, <laughs> Uh, more than one, more than one show of Radio Rotary. Sure. We're talking to Shane Hobel, who is the founder of the Mountain Scout Survival School. He is also um, a volunteer for. This is a very important. Um, it's SFI, which is Search and Forensics Investigation. They help recover lost individuals. You work with law enforcement people. It's a very um, rigorous and highly credentialed organization to be involved with, and. Shane has been sharing with us some um, skills that we could all use and learn from right. to, in case we're out in the woods and, and we're in need of some of the very basic things to stay healthy, right. well, well and, he, and safe. He spoke to us about survival. He spoke to us about life-preserving uh, and life-giving water. What's the third skill of your uh, seven arrows? Fire. Fire, all right. Mm -hmm. Heat, okay. Heat, one of the great things. Okay. Boiling your water, cooking right. your food, guiding you at night. The well, last you know, segment, we learned how to get water, how to retrieve well, water. But you know so. what's interesting? With, with so many people giving up smoking, a lot of people don't carry matches anymore. So how do you start Ooh, that fire after right. you go out and get the little twigs and, and wood? Preferably dry, so it'll go up uh, easily. You know, Jonah, How do you start the fire? I mean, you know, you know the old story to two sticks rubbing together, but that you takes know, And that's not so far from uh, the truth. And actually, once the pieces are carved correctly, uh, I can bang a, a coal out from a bow drill kit less than 30 seconds. So it's it's not a long, drawn-out process. You know, again, it's dirt time. It's right. the practice of. Fire by friction, there is many different forms. Uh, in Castaway, the movie with Tom Hanks, mm -hmm. that was fire plow, was one of the, which is fire right. by friction. There's hand drill, mm -hmm. uh, there's bow drill, there's fire thong, fire saw, um, there's fire from ice. Imagine fire from ice. We're on that fire now that now. you're going to have to tell us so more about. Imagine, if you would, um, with with any of these fire skills, you need to know you have your fire structure set, you right. have your little tinder bundle ready to go, and now I collect some clear ice, dark ice. I mm -hmm. chip it out with a stone or I chip it out with a stick, never your hands, and then you make that ice into a lens. 
and you use oh, the sun's rays like that of a magnifying glass. That's clever. Very clever. But these are primitive skills. You know that there's right. another one, fire from air, which is the fire piston. Again, mm-hmm. it's a, a cylinder with a plunger and a little right. divot at the end of that plunger. Stick a little dry tinder at the end of it. Place the plunger at the very top of the hole and then give it a good whack. The plunger goes into the cylinder and you pull it out. And it's the heat from the molecules of the air that's being compressed and it goes up to about 500 degrees. And this that's is unbelievable now, skills. Just that's for our good. listening audience, again, um, if they would like to find out more information, learn more about some of these skills, how to be out in the woods, um, the, everything that, that you could share with them, where would they go? Give us that website again. Sure, mtnscoutsurvival.com. And no age requirements or, or restrictions. No, uh, obviously anybody who's under the age of 18 needs to be accompanied by an adult. Um, we have... A a huge children's following. We also have an a, enormous adult following. But the thing that I'm starting to discover here is folks are actually seeking to find out, well, sure, the basic question of what if. Now, this what if question exists both out in the woods and also in urban environments. Take Hurricane Katrina, for example. Right. Yeah, Look let's take that. New Orleans. So here we are, people stranded on the rooftops, dehydrated, and mm-hmm. knowing that they can't drink a single drop of, of all the that water millions and millions of gallons of water around them so these skills and these principles go right across the board um, and i'm starting to discover that our corporate team training programs these people are getting great results inside the boardroom with these skills that's great yeah um i just uh want to put in a plug here for rotary shane i don't know sure. if you're aware of one of the um rotary initiatives which is shelter box um it's a survival um deployment operation that um is global worldwide um an engineer rotarian in um in the Great UK, yeah. in Great Britain, developed Tom Henderson a box that weighs 100 pounds. It's like a Tupperware. And in it, it has a tent and um, cooking utensils, water provisions, purification. All the, all the things for, to survive for 10 people for six months. Wow. It's and, fabulous. And they have a whole network of volunteers that are highly trained in survival techniques that are dispatched within hours, um, put on airplanes to bring these boxes, these shelter boxes, to um, disaster areas. Um, and they have been involved in, wow. in, in uh, Katrina. Katrina. And around, and, uh, right. You name it, the, the disasters in the past several years. But you know, we only have about five more okay. minutes to talk okay, to okay. Shane and, and find and out what the rest of those skills are. <laughs> I think it's so, important. All right, well, let's name four. them off. Let's Skill name four the remainder off, too. Food. All right, that and you have makes two sense. categories. Right. Um, plants and right. animals. You know, that's one of the things. You know, people will be out on a hike, and they'll see berries, and they're like, oh, well, you know, that's, it looks, looks good, and they eat it and they have a stomachache, because they don't know what's the good berry and the bad berry. How do we determine that? Well, it's a great question. Um... The plants that you should discover first and foremost should be your poisonous plants, regardless. You should always be able to identify those poisonous plants, and those will be the ones you avoid. And then it's a matter of the learning process. We live in the Hudson Valley here. It's abundant with edibles and medicinals as well, as well as plants that can be used for utilitarian purposes. What can I make out of it, such as my fire kit or my shelters? Right. Um, But identifying the plants, this is going to take some patience and time. However, every, most people I know have smartphones and or computers. Well, if you have a screensaver on it, change it to a different plant a week. So if you're walking oh, by it, clever. Mm. start 
paying attention to that screen and mm-hmm. start learning maybe one plant a week. And one thing about survival skills, because I used to work for the New York State Environmental Conservation Department, and people would call on their cell phone. They'd be lost in the, in the hiking trails um, in the state forest, and they'll, they would say, well, I'm next to a really big tree and a large rock. <laughs> yeah, I've got. Or, you know, too. can't you? Uh, you know. Well, I know exactly where that is in the Hudson Valley. <laughs> can't you triangulate on my cell phone signal, uh-huh. assuming they could get through? Yes. You know, uh, you know, so what do you think about that? Well, change? you know, actually a, a recent case. It's false security, the cell phone. It, it is. Uh, and if you are lost, make sure that you have that. If you are going out in the woods, technology has gotten cheaper and smaller. So there are solar charges available out there that can deal with your cell mm-hmm. phone, provided, as you said, you have service. So one of the great things you can do is, okay, call the police and let them know, hey, I'm lost, or call someone else. But one of the things you can do is call 911 and ask them to get a fix, a GPS fix on your location. They will do it. The police cannot. Well, they can do that. But 911 oh. can. And once they do, they will, re- they will relate that information to the Well, that's the very good information folks. for our listening audience, yeah. too. I know you want to talk about all the, all the arrows, <laughs> but I want to know how you got involved with this. I mean, what type of training you had? I mean, did you do things like Outward Bound? Did you... How did you come become were you, a survivalist? Were you Eagle Scout, things like that? Uh, yeah, were you, know, you a Boy Scout? I never did Boy Scouts. My brother did. Because uh-huh. um, they teach a lot of these same skills. We actually teach extent. the Boy Scouts. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we teach the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts Good. all the way up. And Excellent. some and some schools have you, yeah, don't we, they? We you do seminars. A lot and, of schools, actually. That's wonderful. Uh, colleges, universities, etc. So quickly, but how? What? What's your training? What's your background? I think it was just pure passion of all things ancient. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, and realizing that you know this is your ancestral right, folks. And your training is experiential. You uh, learn by experience. I, I have, but I also have tra- I trained with trained. one of the best in the world. Right, and that is... Tom Brown. And who's your mentor. One, and the, yeah. whose and book I, inspired you when you were a young boy. Yeah, one of the many books. And I want to know how Shane Hobel, our guest founder of the Mountain Scout Survival School, got the nickname White Feather. Uh, that's uh, it's an interesting story. Since I was a child, my my... My passion was going out and collecting feathers, although I never found the white feather. And eventually, uh, upon my grandfather, one of his last things that he said to me was, you know, Shane, you don't have to worry about it because you are the white feather. Oh, oh wow. That's yeah. sweet. And this is something that my mother carried with with her for some time. And she's always practiced the skills. I'm. She is or was part Agonquan, part Iroquois. So... She passed on, I think, uh-huh. the passion uh-huh. within uh-huh. that last uh-huh. That's we great. We have about a minute. Give us a quick overview of the remaining survival skills, and again, give us your website. Uh, website is mtnscoutsurvival.com, and the remaining skills are actually tracking, awareness, and movement. Tracking is reading the earth, telling mm-hmm. the story. So you see, if you want to know all of them in depth and want to learn more about it, you can go to, what's the website? mtnscoutsurvival.com. And take Shane's course. This has been And age is no terrific. limit because you've got somebody who's 83? I did. I, I In my Wilderness One class, which is our basic class, um, an 83-year-old grandmother in a walker had the greatest time ever. Oh, my. Well, Shane Hobel, founder of the Mountain Scout Survival School, thank you so much for sharing some of your great knowledge, and thank you for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you. It's a great honor. And Sarah, who do we have to thank for bringing us Radio Rotary this week? Well, Radio Rotary is brought to us by Rotary International, Rotary District 7210, and the Rotary Clubs of Millbrook, Newburgh, 
New Paltz, North Rockland, Pleasant Valley, Port Jervis, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, and Southern Ulster. From my beautiful co-host, the lovely Sarah O'Connell, for our fabulous producer, Benny Renner, and for the wizard of the electronic keyboard, our engineer, Jay Verzi, this is Jonah Trebowasa thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next Friday morning at 9 for another edition of Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio.